0: Hey there, this is Rich Onefall Rockwell.
1: Yo, this is Don Riggin. This is
0: Dewan Pigney.
1: This is Jason Pitts. And, and you're, you're listening, listening
0: to, to the Adam Talks,
1: Adam Talks podcast. podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. And you're listening to it with Adam Shirley and the
1: Adam Talks Podcast. Hey
0: guys, how's it going? It's Adam Shirley from the Adam Talks Podcast right here on whatever platform it is you're listening to it on. There's only three at the moment. You got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. And whichever one you're listening to, thank you very much. Welcome. This is going to be another fun episode. I get to talk to uh, the guy that taught me everything I know about professional wrestling, Antonio Reyes. The guy's a professional wrestler himself. He runs his own promotion. And we we get to talk to him about all kinds of different things, you know, uh, in this episode. And stuff that doesn't exactly, um, isn't exactly wrestling, but has wrestling in the mix. Um, And it's stuff that's, uh, well, I'll just let you listen to it, guys. This is my conversation with El Rey Antonio Reyes. Right now we're coming on to this episode, the second episode of season two. We are here with somebody that I know, I, I'd say pretty well, but haven't really asked a lot of questions about his career or anything. This guy is a professional wrestler, he is a promoter, and he is my professional wrestler uh, wrestling trainer, the one, the only, El Rey Antonio Reyes. Thanks for
1: coming How on, man. How's it going? How's it going? Man, it's I going- appreciate you asking me to be on.
0: Oh, I- Man, I didn't know, like, I've told so many people, uh, whenever I was first doing it, it was just friends, so I didn't really have the mentality to go, hey, ask Antonio to come on, ask, you know, Troy Twain to come on, or whoever, but my brother was like, why don't you just talk to these local MMA fighters, you know, they're all around, I'm sure they would, they'd give you like five minutes or whatever, and I was like, they're, they're celebrities, you know, they gotta talk to me just for like, because, but he, he gave me that, you know, he, he told me, you know, they're just people,
1: you know, so at the, at the end of the, the day, worst that could happen- we're just people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. At, uh, and so I took a chance and I'm, I'm very ecstatic about everybody that's able to make it on, especially you, because, Like I said on that Christmas special when you came on uh, for a couple minutes, you know, uh, I I, I would love to learn so much from you. I know I can learn a lot from you, a lot more as far as wrestling, but also the promoting side of things, how you would think about the stuff, just all kinds of stuff, you know? Yes, sir. Um, But, Dr. I have not asked you a damn thing about your career in the time that I've known you, I don't think. So, Take us back. Where did the love for wrestling start for you?
1: Oh, man, that started back uh, when, when I was a kid, man. Uh, my dad used to watch WWF on TV, and I remember laying in the floor sitting there watching it with him um, every every Monday night. Um, yeah. first, first event I went to was WWF when they came to Barton Coliseum the big uh, rivalry at the time was Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Perfect. And of course, you oh, know, wow. being a house show, we got to see Mr. Perfect lose. And then the next Monday, whenever they were televising things, you know, they talk about Mr. Perfect having an unbeaten record. And we're like, wait a minute, we, we saw him lose. <laughs> so yeah, way, way before I realized the, the TV angles versus, house shows and stuff like that
0: yeah <clears throat> so it started as a child and it just continued through life was there any times when it kind of fell off or were you always like avid into wrestling
1: um no as, as i grew up i, I kind of pulled away from it a little bit didn't watch it every week like i did when i was a kid mainly mainly when i went to the military um it you know going through boot camp you don't have access to a TV so there was two months that I wasn't able to watch it and i you know grown once you get into a teenage area you you don't do the things that you did as a kid most of the time um and i guess i just kind of outgrew it for a little bit yeah um because you don't really have the access to tv and stuff like that through boot camp and your a school and all that stuff okay <laughs> when i got out of the military uh, a few years later there was a uh, a small promotion called capital city wrestling they were based out of little rock and they were doing a show in hot springs they uh, were on the radio promoting the show and had invited people to come down if they were interested in uh, meeting the wrestlers. And that is really what got my foot in the door of the business.
0: Wow. So like a chance encounter.
1: Yes. uh, This would have been 98.
0: Holy cow. Dude, I – was there a ton, like once you got into it, was there a ton of smaller independent promotions around Arkansas at that point?
1: Yes, there were. Uh, I'd started training in 98, a gentleman named Jerry. He went by, um, the mad chef. He was the one that trained me. Um, and he, once he got me involved in it, he started taking me up North, um, uh, there, uh, there were several promotions up North, um, Bentonville, Batesville, mm-hmm. uh places like that. There was there were several places up there that were running on a weekly basis. And the the way they were running was pretty chaotic. Basically, you showed up and they would use you. Okay. So it was it was wow. very it was very odd, but that was really the only thing that I knew from it. So going yeah. into, into the business, um, it wasn't until maybe seven months later that I had had the opportunity to talk with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And he, he was the one that actually opened my eyes to the way that the business is supposed to be ran versus all these small promotions and how they're doing it, and that's when I when I started looking into a different way of of doing a wrestling promotion.
0: Okay, <sighs> like I, I know SCW was the first promotion locally that I had ever heard of. Uh, like it was, it was the first one. Cause I looked into it and I was like, God, I'm gonna have to drive way far away and that's going to be impossible and stuff. And then I found Aztec warrior, uh, training, you know, and it was, it was unex- uh, unlike anything that I, I, I thought it would be like, uh, <laughs> was that, is it the same sort of method that, that you came through or was it way different than versus how you're training?
1: Um, uh, goes. A little bit different. I I train a little bit different than the way I was trained. Um, They really pushed on the wrestling aspect, which I have maintained. Um, But my training is to give you 30 things that you can go to just in your head without thinking about it to make a match good.
0: Okay. It gives you the tools to either thrive or survive. Correct. In an in-ring competition. If you don't know what they're gonna do next, and you're like, I don't know that, at least you know how to do this, this right,
1: right. You can Um, you can
0: survive and not look stupid.
1: So so my aspect of the whole thing is for you to know ten holds and ten takedowns and ten strikes. And between those thirty things you should be able to put a match together without a problem. Okay. The, the, the flip side of that coin is that other people train to learn, they train to know a series of um, steps, for lack of a better word. Um, they're, okay. they, they tend to train more for a choreographed full on match so that you're doing a and then b and then c and then d the problem that i find with that is that the audience may not care about your a b and c and just want to see d e f and g yeah so it is better to interact with the crowd by having these things in your head that you can just go to 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 get a response from the crowd
0: absolutely i mean the crowd's what you're in there for
1: Supposed mean, they're the to be. if they're yeah
0: if they're not if they're not there you ain't bringing any kind of profit you ain't you ain't able to pay anything for anybody or do anything and it's it's almost pointless in doing it if you're not getting any crowd at all right you know uh on on the financial side but also on the on the impact it is as you know as being a pro wrestler uh and I've, I've said i don't i don't have many matches under my belt but hey it is what it is you know what i mean uh, i i'm not complaining uh but the rush that you get's unlike anything else and it really fuels you through the match for right. better or worse right you know so i i i agree completely that you know you need to pay attention to what the crowd's doing if they're liking this you keep it going for them you keep it moving you know right uh also progress the match just keep going uh you got a certain time period uh time limit within the match to do all of this stuff so right take your time but make sure you do it right
1: and at the end of the day it's storytelling if if you just go out there and do trapeze routine so that you're doing a flip at a specific moment and you're doing uh, a jump at a specific moment it doesn't come off as uh, a wrestling match it comes off as a orchestrated dance
0: yeah yeah people are wanting to see fights right They don't want to see ballet you know that's 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 the point of this you know you're right. giving them a full card of fights, different kinds of fights. Sometimes these big guys are going to get small dudes. Sometimes these guys who know how to make you into a pretzel are going against guys who are almost seven foot tall. Right. You know, you never know what you're going to get. You get different fights though. And in each of those fights is a story. And like you said, that's, that's the important part of it. You're telling a story with the match, you know, you're keeping the audience invested throughout, you know, you're always wanting that good guy to win, right. always. So you've been, I'm sure, in your time. Have you always been El Ray, or was there anything before that?
1: Um, the The character of El Ray has always been there. Um, before I used to call myself Richter instead of El Ray. Okay. But, where did that come from? but the uh, the the Richter was still um, uh, a street street type vato. Um, and that all that all came from um, back when I was a kid, they had these little figures. They were called homies. Mm-hmm. and um, it it was based on those things, um, the little homies figures is where i got the look and um watching some of the the street movies of hispanic culture um, gangs for a lack of a better word you know um yeah lo- looking at those kind of things is really what got me into uh, that style the, the whole lowrider culture um I used to, to get the lowrider magazines and of course uh, dream of having a lowrider back when I was younger. And, yeah. and those magazines would talk a lot about the culture of lowrider and the Hispanic culture and where it came from and stuff like that. So that's that's where El Ray came from, being, you know, taking part of my Hispanic heritage and trying to put that into uh, the wrestling. Wow. Do you remember your first match? Uh, my first match was a three man dance that uh, ended abruptly because uh, one of the guys had his nose um, ruptured. <laughs> He took a clothesline, and uh, apparently it was not a well-placed clothesline. Um, I remember one of the other guys that was in it. But, uh, he got Bradshawed. He had, he had a mask on, and he said it was so that mm-hmm. people wouldn't see his mouth move when he was talking in the ring. But he was so loud that the people in the front was talking about what was coming up next because he was talking so loud. <laughs> So he, okay. he freaked out and um and decided to take it home early because he saw some blood. Yeah. Of course that was back when the athletic commission was still uh over wrestling, so we couldn't have blood. Oh wow. So what did what
0: what does that mean? Whenever what does that mean whenever you said the athletic commission was over wrestling? like pro wrestling, how did that work? Uh,
1: The Athletic Commission used to regulate, quote, unquote, regulate professional wrestling um, and everything. All of your uh, wrestlers had to have a wrestling license. Your referee had to have a wrestling or a referee's license. Uh, Your bell ringer had to have a license. I mean, they, they were basically taxing the wrestling business so that they could get some income. The state could get some income. Um, Oh, wow. The only problem with that was while they were regulating the shows that you could put on because your promoter had to have a promoting license, plus you had to pay a percentage of uh, taxes on your uh, ticket sales. The problem was they didn't really regulate who could get the licenses. So it didn't matter if you were trained or not. If you could send your money in and your paperwork, you were accepted.
0: Wow. That must have been dangerous.
1: Well, is it any more dangerous? I mean, the athletic commission doesn't regulate wrestling anymore, but now now you can have anybody and their mom Get a little bit of money together and put on a show, so it really hasn't changed yeah. that makes sense
0: I guess I didn't think of it that way but that's
1: but, that's why they would, mean, that's why they pushed to get it deregulated was because uh all they saw was your athletic commission was just taking money for yourselves and uh, taking money from all of the licenses that they were having to get. <laughs> no real yeah. benefit was coming to it so they didn't think they should have to give all that money
0: that makes sense um man so whenever you transition into the l ray character did you just start traveling all over and wrestling everywhere or were you kind of isolated into a particular area
1: um at at the time i was trying to stay close to arkansas um I had gone to uh, Texas and wrestled once. Um, I had gone to – it was mainly northeast Arkansas was where I was going to wrestle. Like I said, they they wrestled every week, every Saturday. All you had to do was show up, and they would put you in. Okay. That's pretty cool. So so with me being a regular there, that, that pretty much took every week for me. Um, and that, that went on for a couple of years until my, my wife at the time had our second baby. And then she asked me to stop so that I could help with the children.
0: That makes sense. Um, so how do you, how do you deal with adversity like that? Like, the moments whenever it's like difficult to do this or this did your military training uh help you to make choices easier, easier or uh you know like the the needs versus the wants weigh it out
1: um i i think i've always been a person who looks at things and and I have a, I have a tendency to do what I think is the most honorable thing. Okay. So it's like when, when my, my girlfriend at the time, let me know that she was pregnant. My thinking was the honorable thing to do is to marry her. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily that I was just totally in love. I just felt I was. This is what I'm supposed to do, so that's what I do. Yeah, and and that tends to go with a lot of the lot of the decisions I make. I, I look at things, and when I think it's what I'm supposed to do, I tend to do that. Do it that way. Okay.
0: Um. Was it difficult having to step away like this time because it was one or the
1: other? It it was it was it was very difficult, um, but I also knew that you know family is important. Yeah. So so I wanted to be there for for my children. Um, you don't get a lot of that story. In, in wrestling, I mean the the people that were on the road so much, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Hulk Hogan, anybody that has made it big in this business, you know, they tell you about the family that was pushed to the side. Yeah, they they tell you about uh, the family that's pushed to the side, and I didn't I didn't want that. Uh, I wanted yeah. I wanted to know my children. I wanted my children to know me. Um, That's, I've got, a have yeah. got a better handle on things now, uh, where I have a week that I have dedicated to my family so that I'm not gone every week. Like I used to be.
0: Yeah. I was, I asked you, uh, once a long time ago, how do you balance, how do you do that? And I think I messaged you that in confidence and I asked that question, you know, and you I believe you said something to the effect of it's tough or it's not easy, you know, or something of that. It's
1: nature. not easy. It's not easy to have that balance because you want to do things that you want to do, but then you also have things that you need to do. And then you also have things that you have to do. So, right. you know, working working my regular nine to five job is a must. Yes. So that is, that is a have to do. And then wrestling is a want those, those weeks that I get to go and wrestle. That's what I want to do. Right. Um, making sure that I am available for my family is a need. I need to do that. Right so it's it just it's basically give and take you know yeah you have some some days that you're able to come home and just focus on some wrestling things and then you have other days that uh, you have to split it between what's going on at the house and what's going on at the job um i I have some days where what aren't many and you can ask my wife on that, but I have some days where I don't even do anything wrestling related.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I asked that question a while back and, and that's kind of the reason in the same way that I'm, uh, you know, potentially taking some time away for a little, in a little while. I'm, I've had a lot of trouble breathing uh, coughing fits and the last match, uh, Glenn gave me a body slam, and it knocked the wind out of me. Everything was perfect. Landed perfect and everything. Just couldn't breathe. My back was, like, super tensed up, lower back. Right. And got up, walked around, finished the match. And after I got back behind the curtain, I had, like, a huge coughing fit. Right. And it's happening more frequently. And if it happened in that match, which was uh, really well – there's, there were spots in it that was messy, but um, he, neither here nor there. Um, but I ha- if I had that much trouble in a match, like with, with someone I trust as much as Glenn. Right. And it happened like that. Do I want to continue going Do I want to give myself a chance to breathe? I mean, you know, if, if the <laughs> opportunity is coming, I might have to do that. That's all I'm saying. Right. So I've been weighing that out in my head. I need to spend time with my family. A lot of time with my family because kids are with their mom on the weekends. I see them on the weekdays after school because I leave at five thirty to get or six o'clock in the morning to get to work by six thirty. So right. I don't. I don't see them, but a couple hours, you know. So whenever I can spend with them, I need to try to.
1: Right. Um, and running South Central I, Wrestling, you know, I, I'm trying to make sure that we've got our cards ready for uh, the specific dates that we've already got lined out. And then I'm also trying to make sure that we have our rewinds in order so that they can come out on time. And then I'm juggling yeah. that with uh, being here for my family as much as I can be. Plus, like I said, my regular nine to five job. Mm mm-hmm. So it, it can get overwhelming really quick if you let it.
0: Okay. How do you rise above it?
1: Um, focus in on what's important. Okay. And what's important to you may not be what's important to me. Right. Um, my, my wife is very understanding that we have sponsors that have paid us for advertising. So yeah. So, making sure that we get that advertising out in a timely manner is important.
0: Okay. So, speaking of South Central Wrestling, did it start as South Central Wrestling and when did you... Really, and really think I need to make a change myself if I can um, and go out on a limb with it. The
1: the original concept was actually uh, mid-arc wrestling. Oh, okay. I, uh, I was thinking that the area that we live in, it's the middle of Arkansas. So um, I thought mid-arc wrestling would be a good name for this promotion. Um, whenever I got ready to open the promotion, I started seeing, um, mid American wrestling M A W. And I didn't want those call letters to get mixed up with my promotion. Yeah. So, um, I started looking at where we were located not only in the state, but also where we were located, where the state was located in the in the country, and that's that's when I come up with South Central, not to mention um, South Central was a, a term for um, like hip hop, you know uh, south central, California. Okay. So I thought that that might meld good with a wrestling mindset. Okay. <laughs> when was the first show for SCW,
0: uh, and how did you figure out how to how to go about doing the whole
1: thing? The first show I actually came up because um, I was I was seeing a lot of promotions that were doing like I was saying. Um, you come in, you let the Promoter, know that you're there and they put you on the card somewhere. It didn't matter. They they weren't looking at doing angles or anything like that. They were just going week to week. Whoever showed up, they would find a place for you. Uh, okay. So, so they were just matchmakers, not necessarily bookers. So I, after, you know, talking with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and thinking about that for several years, I started thinking about how they used to do it, how the old territory days went. And I started implementing um, that kind of a mindset so that I would look at, okay, I could bring people in and do a storyline with them. But the first thing I needed to do was test to see if anybody even was interested in the wrestling. So doing construction, I have met a lot of people that have businesses. And I started talking to them about sponsoring an event. And I was able to get, I I had a $500 amount in my head. And I figured if I could get $500 in sponsorship money, I'll put on this wrestling event. Wow. I got that $500 pretty quickly. Wow. So... November of 2017, we had our first event. Okay. Was that at the Boys and Girls Club? That was at the Boys and Girls Club at the time. Okay. I was also calling games and coaching there at the Boys and Girls Club. So whenever I talked to them about using that as a venue to do a wrestling event, they were 100% on board. (coughs) Right on. Getting the money to pay for the talent. Um Through sponsorships, uh, I figured it was it was hard to lose money on it because everything was already paid for.
0: <clears throat> right on. Okay, so I remember one time we were going to Van Buren, uh, and, and I asked you some question. I don't remember what it was, but you asked me a question. Was like, "What do you need to put on a show?" And I'm like, "Well, you need this and this and this." And you're like, "No, you don't need music." you don't need an entrance way. You don't need, you know, you need wrestlers, referees, and someone to ring the bell or something of that nature. Right. Uh, is that kind of how you went in? Very, like, raw, just nothing, just you bring the wrestlers in, they wrestle? Or did yeah. y'all have some sort of uh, sound set up of <laughs> kind?
1: I still had my contacts with uh, the Capital City Wrestling. the The promotion had gone defunct, but the people that I knew still had the equipment. They still had the wrestling ring and all that. So I was able to get the wrestling ring from them. Uh, Looking at the Boys and Girls Club, they had all the equipment for the music and all that. So yeah, it it really turned into, what do you have to have for a wrestling show? And And at the end of the day, you really don't need that much. You need the wrestlers. You need a referee. You can do a wrestling show without a ring. I was able to get one. You can do a wrestling show without having music to bring in the the contestants because there was a time that they didn't use music before the entrances.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yes, sir. So so, like, was that back in the Carney days, or
1: yes? Oh, okay. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's a uh, fairly recent addition, you know, seventies, uh, maybe sixties.
0: Oh wow! So, like, what was Gorgeous George and them doing? Did they have music back in that time period as well?
1: No, they didn't. They just walked out to the ring
0: (laughs) wow so the huge ovations you're hearing coming down is just like that's this is the guy this is him right and everyone's like ah holy cow man it's so crazy because that's that's like become fairly iconic with if you hear this song that's this rest you know right and there was a time shoot not not an amazingly long time ago
1: and it, it uh, really wasn't but, until mid 80s um, with WWF that you had uh, specific music for the the different wrestlers. Uh, prior to that, like, they, they were doing the same thing that uh, the indies do and just finding a song that they liked.
0: Oh, wow. So. Dang, dude. I that's that's more knowledge you're just throwing at me. Uh, because I didn't know that. I like I couldn't imagine Shawn Michaels with any other music, Kurt Angle, whoever, you know. Right. You couldn't you couldn't see The Undertaker entering with some other spooky music when all you hear is a gong to start his entrance. <laughs>
1: right. But as close and- as uh, Junkyard Dog, you know. He Yeah. He he used copyrighted music. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Rock and Roll Express. So, I mean, most of those guys used radio hits that that they felt was was their vibe.
0: That's crazy, man. Like that's nuts. So suffice to say your second show probably went better than the first because you had a better exp- or you had an experience now as a guy running the show yes okay was it was it very soon after that did you stay continuous or
1: um yes uh we did our first show in november i took the december off um while i tried to make sure that things were lined up for the next show that i wanted to do um and then i believe it was january um was when we started to run regular the following year, that would be 2018. Uh, We started running regular monthly shows at that point. Um, I don't remember what month it was that the Boys and Girls Club closed down, but we only missed one month from the time they closed down until we secured our, our our venue that we're in now, which is in Mountain Pine.
0: Yeah, man. The SCW arena. Yes. It was crazy. The first time I stepped foot in there as like ring crew with guys who have been champions in your company, like Kirk Castle and Troy Twain, you know, uh, I got to be security with those guys because the first time that I was in there, training, learning anything about it, you know, it was them two that I was learning with. Right. And they had more experience than me for sure. Uh, and I was too over ambitious. Why can't we move on to the next thing? I'm getting I'm bored. Right. Or something like that. Right. Had a little outburst, breakdown. It was stupid. <laughs> I came back the next time and I was like, you know what? I'm willing to learn anything. You just tell me what I need to do and I'll work on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's all about being like a sponge and whatnot. But I remember seeing the arena That's what I was getting at. And I was just blown away about how big it is and how well the sound was in there and everything. What was it like being able to go and get to that arena, a whole arena versus having a section of the Boys and Girls Club that you get to use?
1: Um, what I liked about the the gym that we're using now is that uh, the school trusts me. They, they have basically given me the keys, and we're able to set up how we want to set up. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club, we still had the overseers that are sitting there watching everything we're doing to make sure – that we're not going to damage anything the the school board knows that we're not going to damage anything so they're not right there over the top of us yeah
0: okay so it 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 just
1: it feels you know like a little more freedom being there in that area than at the boys and girls club
0: is there more seating there than at the boys and girls club
1: No, because the Boys and Girls Club was um, two full basketball courts. Okay. the one building, uh, this gym that we're using now, is only one basketball court. Okay.
0: It it must be nice having a place that you could call your venue home and have a dedicated following fan base to be uh, in one spot. It is. Uh, how how does how is uh, how is the no nah, I don't want to ask how the booking process works but um, like how do you go about knowing where this is going this piece will go this piece will go like this guy's a good guy and this guy's a good guy this guy just did a lot better than this guy did so you know what I mean how how do you go about doing determining as somebody who Promotes his shows and this and that. You know, I want to see this matchup, or he deserves this, or you know, how does that go
1: about? the uh, The booking process is me and I've got a few people that I bring in. We discuss what we think would be a good match, and we do that okay. for all of the matches. Basically, we look at a card and say, we think this would be the best card, several matches, for a night. And then we we take that card and we say, okay, that's going to be our, um, our blow-off night. Basically, when you're looking at wrestling, what you've got to do is build up angles so that they can conclude. Um, Any great story has a beginning, has a conflict, and has an end, which usually has the good guy winning. If you look at Star Wars, you know, at the end of the day, Luke Skywalker beats Darth Vader. Right. if you look at any movie, you will always see that the hero beats the villain. And that is right. that is what wrestling is supposed to do. So whenever you look at your card, you want that to be the climax of the story. So you have to put that at the end of the story. So... For us, we have a two-month period between uh, m- between May and August that we're not running, and then we have a two-month period between uh, November and February that we're not running. So what we try to do is make those big cards that we think has the matches that everybody wants to see at those months so that we send the crowd home happy. Once we have put those as the matches that we think everybody wants to see, then we take the three months previous to that and use those to build up those angles so that while we're thinking it's going to be a great match at the end of the month already, if we could build more storyline into that, then people will want to see it even that much more. Okay.
0: So, we're looking ahead. What is it, next month that you have an event coming up? Because that's February, right? Yes. That's yep. the Global Cup, right? Yes. Okay. Tell me about this, man. Tell me about this card. i seen Jeremy Lewis was <laughs> in that cup. That interests me.
1: Yes. Um, the whole thinking behind this, man, uh, quite candidly, Um, Devin Goble is a a fan that has been there for a long time Um, his family had lost their mother and they were looking for something to do to try to get out of the house and happened to come to one of our events they said that it changed their lives Um, it got It got to the point where they were taking the entire day Saturday. All of the family would come together and they would cook and they would watch the rewinds and then they would come and attend the live show. (coughs) So SCW was a very big part of of their lives. and, And we wanted to honor him and thank not only him, but his family for making us such a big part of, of their life. So we decided in, to name this, this. I'm calling it a scramble. Uh, okay. After, after Mr. Goble. Um, the Goble Cup scramble is a 30-minute match that will have eight contestants total. Uh, it will start with two, and every three minutes, a new contestant will come in. The goal of the match is to be the last one to get a victory. So it doesn't matter if you have 20 pinfalls and you've pinned a guy 20 times or different guys 20 times. If you're pinned as time expires, then the person that pins you is the one that wins.
0: that's a unique idea man yes that's pretty cool it's like it's almost like a gauntlet battle royal
1: right uh, well we had, we had talked about doing a battle royal but the thing I was starting to see was when these guys get in there and start wrestling and they know they're not going to be the ones that win that that battle royal they don't care when they're eliminated or how quickly they're eliminated okay so in an, in an effort to extend the amount of time that they will be in there by having it a 30 minute match regardless of how many people get a pin you're able to get a 30 minute match out of it
0: yeah cool. sounds like it's going to be one hell of a match man i hope got so a lot of really good talent got a lot of really good talent in there yes sir um what other matches do you got? Give us give us the rundown of the other matches that are on there. I think I have seen Tyler Knight on the poster. Yes, Am uh, I correct.
1: Yeah, Tyler Knight will be going against uh, um, um, Tyler. Knight will Go. be going against Curtis uh, Dawn, uh, and then we'll also have our our newly crowned cruiserweight champion Troy Twain. He'll be going against Balik Bridges. And that will be the setup for February.
0: Right on, man. Big-time matches coming up. It's going to be awesome. Um, what What is uh, the date again, date and time? Give us the date and time and uh, location.
1: It'll be Saturday, February 24th. Um, our doors open at 630. Um, we say first bells at 7 o'clock, but, you know, we, we go through a rundown with the crowd members that are there and, and welcome them and get the uh, national anthem and stuff like that in. And then uh, we start shortly after that. But uh, the address is 199 third Avenue in mountain pine, Arkansas.
0: Right on guys. Trust me when I say it is a full spectacle. Antonio does a great job and there's a ton more questions I could ask you, man, but we're, uh, starting to run short on time. And I did want to ask a big question that I ask all my guests at the end of each episode. And that is, uh, gratefulness. It's huge in my life. I'm a very grateful person. Uh, I say the same three things every time, pretty much. They don't change that much. Uh, my family, my fiance, my kids, I'm thankful. I'm grateful for them, uh, because they're my heart and they they keep pushing me forward. Uh, Anybody who supported me over the years, I'm very grateful to all of them because they don't, they didn't have to be, they don't have to be. Uh, it means a lot. That they would be, and I'm thankful that I have a car and a job that uh, the car works, you know, and right. the job paid. So, uh, what are three things that you're grateful for, Antonio? Uh,
1: first and foremost, I am thankful for my wife. Um, she is always got my back. Um, she helps me e- even when I'm not realizing that she's helping me. Uh, she's she's always there for me. Um, I am thankful for my children. Um, I I like to pass on knowledge so to to have the five children that we have, and to be able to pass on just little things, my wife calls them nuggets of information. Um, to be able to pass yeah. on that kind of stuff to them um, is a real real blessing for my heart. Um, thirdly, is the people that trust me, and South Central Wrestling and what we're doing. I I am really appreciative of the people that are a part of this company and the people that come to see what this company does.
0: Right on, man. Right on. Well, man, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm very grateful that you would uh take your time out of your busy day doing all the ten thousand things that you do. Uh yes, sir. you know, I Thank you. Thank you for giving us an hour in the very least of your time. You know, it means a lot to me. Uh, I'll try to, uh, I'm going to try to message you more often whenever I have more questions related to stuff, because you are a fountain of knowledge and I have learned so much from you uh, this second time around of me going to wrestling training. Um, I've learned so much from you, whether it was just small little nuggets, as you said, on the, uh, on the road to Van Buren whenever we went there or whether it was just me asking questions over the phone or in person while I was there, you know, just small things. It means the world to me that you do that because God, man, a, a guy like me, super nervous. I'm guessing in a big way. I'm just trying to say thank you for everything you've done to help me out in my life. It means the world to me. Thank you. Yeah, man. You helped me dream. Uh, so thank you for coming on the show thank you for everything man i uh, appreciate you coming on yes sir you see that's that's the that's the cool thing about antonio he's always loves passing information on loves teaching and instructing and, and he does it great he knows how to pinpoint things whenever it comes to the wrestling stuff that that or the storytelling that I, I may not even thought of when I was doing what I was doing with the SCCW, you know, so very, very big chance that I could try to get him on again because he's a fountain of knowledge and I love talking to him. I love learning about his story this time around and I want to say thank you once again Antonio for coming on it means the world to me. We'll have to get you back on either season three or later on in season two again But I would love to have you on to catch up with the SCW right here on the podcast. Let's move forward. Let's look forward, though. Next week, we have two special guests. That's right. Count them two. Friday and Saturday. We are going to have two special guests. The 26th, which is my birthday, uh, we are going to have a guy that's been on before. He was the second ever or the first ever special guest on the show, period we have the one, the only, Jesse Teague. My good friend, the actor, is coming back on the show. Just an all-around good dude. Uh, and then the next day, we get our first ever international singer-songwriter. She's an actor and she uh, does her own podcast. Uh, her name is Rayleigh. Lee. She is from Australia. It is going to be a lot of fun. I first found, her, uh, found out about her on TikTok. Just beautiful voice. And uh, I can't wait to have her on the show Talk about all this stuff And that's going to be Saturday So guys, thank you very much for listening Continue to follow me And hey, if you want to show a little more extra support you, All you got to do, it's completely free it, It's completely free I don't know what just happened there It's completely free But <laughs> all you got to do is push that follow button Go on uh, all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, everything Give us a follow, give us a like it means the world to us Thank you very much, guys. You have a wonderful rest of your evening. And never forget to always listen
1: when Adam talks.